Hello, everyone. And we're the DGENs, and we talk NFL football. And welcome to week eight of the NFL 2021 season. I have Dario and Brad with me. And guys, we'll start off with one thing we learned from this past weekend. And, you know, I, I was really impressed with the Carolina Panthers to start off with, you know, this season. 3-0. and um, Sam Darnold was throwing the ball well. He was using his feet well. And then Christian McCaffrey gets injured. And then the connection between him and DJ Moore just goes off. And now they lose to the Giants in Week 7. So things have started to sort of derail for the Panthers a little bit. Um, so that's one thing I learned this week. Well, this week I learned that the Cincinnati Bengals are actually a good football team. <laughs> I didn't think those words would ever come out of my mouth, but you know, Joe Burrow, they burned me in fantasy. They, uh, burned the Ravens on the field. And, uh, you know, right now they're the number one team, you know, not only in their division, but they control home field advantage, um, which I think is just completely absurd considering where they were just a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, Brad, you kind of stole that one from me. That was also my big takeaway from the week. I, uh, I think that as much as it pains me to say it, I agree with you and that the Bengals are actually a good football team and maybe they're not going to be the classic Cincinnati sports that we're, we've grown accustomed to. Um, I guess just to pull out one more thing, um, Yes, it wasn't against a good team, but I tell you what, the Patriots finally put up some points. Uh, they've they've been looking all right this this year so far. I think they're three and four now at this point. Um, and yeah, they faced the Jets last week, but they put up fifty two points. Uh, so that kind of shocked me because I I thought Mac Jones might have been a game manager, and maybe he's going to show that he's a little bit more than that. Yeah, I was very impressed with his performance. Uh, but also, I mean, when you're playing the Jets, like when Kendrick Bourne throws a touchdown pass, you know how bad you are. Um, anyway, moving on to this week, guys, the biggest game of the weekend, you know, in terms of high-powered offenses, Arizona against Green Bay, big NFC matchup. The Arizona Cardinals still unbeaten. Although their last week's test was probably not as difficult as most people would have thought, a five to thirty-one win in Houston. Uh, I've been impressed with Kyler Murray a lot. I've also been impressed with the running game, and we've seen less and less of Kyler Murray in that sense. But we've seen a lot from Chase Edmonds. We've seen a lot from, um, you know, we've seen a lot. We've seen a lot more other running backs sort of take the spotlight for the Cardinals. And just before I hand it over to you guys. I just want to say in this week, there's not going to be, De- probably not going to be Devontae Adams for this game because he's on the reserve COVID list. There's probably not going to be Valdez Scantling. Alan Lazard is out. Uh, and then for the Cardinals, obviously JJ Watt and DeAndre Hopkins is questionable as well. So some big names um, are going to be out for this week. Although I was impressed with the professional performance that the Packers put in last week. So you know, I, I still think this could be a close closer game despite all those injuries, but it's going to be a difficult test for Green Bay. Yeah, I I think that this is going to be I, I don't know if it's going to be the game of the week, uh, but it, it's definitely going to be up there. And I'm, I'm a little sad. I mean, I'm glad it's a primetime game, but uh, this would have been really nice to have to wrap up my weekend instead of like knowing I have to go into work on Friday. 
but uh <laughs> um yeah i i'm a little shocked like i know that Aaron Rodgers is going to be without three of his biggest targets in Valdez, Scantling, uh, Adams, and Lazard. But uh, I'm surprised to see the Cardinals as a six and a half point favorite. I know that they've been taking care of business, uh, and I know they've been winning by more than that that one touchdown. But I mean, it's at the same time Aaron Rodgers in prime time, so. Um, I don't know. I think this could be a pretty exciting game. Uh, the Cardinals might be missing. Uh, they are going to be missing J.J. Watt, which will be a huge advantage for Aaron Rodgers. And then uh, DeAndre Hopkins is questionable, I believe. So we'll see if, if he ends up playing. Uh, but I agree with you. I think this is going to be a closer game than what people think. And I'm actually taking the Packers to, to cover the six-and-a-half-point spread. It, at the end of the day, it's, uh, it's Aaron Rodgers in prime time. So – that's kind of what I'm banking on, and with that bet, yeah, I'm I'm agreeing with you on a lot of points. I'm looking at Green Bay money line right now at, at plus two forty, and it seems like a very enticing bet. My brain and my entire life experience tells me not to count out Aaron Rodgers and don't bet on the Cardinals. But also this year it's tough. The Cardinals have been rolling, but Green Bay has been rolling these past six weeks or six games, um, so they've been playing well. I don't know. I think it's going to be close. I definitely think it's going to be within that touchdown mark. I could see it being a, a three, four point game for sure. Yeah. yeah now I, I, go ahead, Bean. Uh, I was going to say, I mean, the last couple of games that the Packers have won have all been 10, 12 points. So they've kept it. I mean, even if, even though they won, they've kept it close and they've, they've made it a professional performance. But I just wanted to add that um, the Cardinals. They have these sort of, they've, they've sort of had erratic moments, you know. Like the, I can think of the game against Minnesota where they almost lost through a field goal, which was missed. Um, this, so they've come close to defeat a couple of times, but they've still held on. So I agree with both of you. It's not going to be as, as wide. The margin is not going to be as wide as some people think it's going to be. Yeah, I just wanted to jump in with with two other bets that I actually. I wrote down and I really like for this game. The first one is the over. Um, it's set, set at 50 and a half right now, which, as you guys said, both of these offenses are really high powered. It's going to be indoors in Arizona. Uh, I mean, I know the Cardinals defense is, is decent, but the Packers defense isn't great. And, I, and both offenses are going to put up a lot of points. So I think easily – this, this game could get into this, uh, the 60-point range. The other one I really like is I mentioned that those three receivers are out. Randall Cobb, who's going to be stepping up and has been a favorite target for Aaron Rodgers in the past, at least last time I checked, his over-under for receiving yards is 46-and-a-half. And if he's going to be Aaron Rodgers' number one target, I just I really don't see how that one misses, right? Yeah, honestly, I, I mean – Aaron Jones sometimes doubles up as a receiver, but I don't know. Well, he's got to aim. He, well, if he's got to take deep shots, it's got to be to someone like Randall Cobb or third and goal or some or instances like that. So I agree with you on that. He's definitely going to have more than 46 and a half yards. And we'll move on to predictions. And I think this, this is going to be, I still think Arizona is going to remain unbeaten, but it's not going to be a very, it's going to be a very close game. So I think Arizona 24, 20. 
yeah, I think so. I noticed both teams were six and one against the spread. Um, I actually think, uh, Brad, I was kind of thinking along your lines. I, the, the Packers money line is very enticing. And I think that, uh, I could see them pulling away with this one. Yeah. I'm kind of liking the Packers by, by three in this game, to be honest with you. That's kind of what I was thinking as well. Yeah, honestly, I mean, as I said, it's good go either way. I, I, I'm just favoring the Cardinals because they're at home. I like both of those predictions. Um, but whatever happens, it's going to be a very good game uh, from the State Farm Stadium in Phoenix. Uh, 8.20 Eastern uh, on Thursday night. And then we'll move on to Sunday. It's the Falcons against home against the Panthers. And I can't believe the Panthers started 3-0. And I can't believe I'm saying that now knowing what I know, because, you know, when the season started, Christian McCaffrey was getting more touches than he ever had. Um, Sam Darnold was using his feet more than he ever did. And DJ Moore was getting more receiving yards than, you know, anybody else in the league at one point. And all of this just sort of been derailed. It's the story, the script has been flipped. And now they're out here putting just three points up against the New York Giants and losing big time. Sam Darnold got benched for PJ Walker. I'm sure you guys saw that. And against against an Atlanta offense that, and a, a, sorry, against an Atlanta team that are coming off a win, albeit a very confident, uh, not a, not a completely convincing win, but a confident performance from them against Miami, uh, a game that you expect them to put away. But they'll be a lot more confident coming into this game, especially a home game, division rival. They're not doing well. I, I sort of fancy Atlanta in this one, especially if they can get Patterson and Mike Davis and the running game going. I think it's going to be difficult for Carolina to keep keep up. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I don't want to talk much about this game because Christian Caffrey has single-handedly ruined my fantasy season. <laughs> um, so I'm going to take the Falcons. They're going to beat that three points, and uh, I think they're going to win by at least a touchdown. Yeah, Brad, I, I got to back you up there. I, I... – Whenever I saw McCaffrey went down, I picked up uh, Chubba Hubbard. Uh, and uh, last week, because I had Dak Prescott on by, I was like, you know, Sam Darnold had a good beginning of the year. They're facing a beat-up Giants team. Let's win me a fantasy game. And uh, I think they had a combined, like, 10 points or something last week. Ooh. So, uh, yeah, the, the just, I think the moral of the story is you don't take Panthers player on your fantasy team. Uh, but I, I agree with you guys. I will say, I will say, I like the Falcons. They should easily cover the three points. But I had a five-team parlay last week that went four for five, and the one loss was I had the Falcons minus two and a half. They were up by 13 in the fourth quarter and ended up only winning by two. And so I lost the parlay by a half point because of the Falcons. And uh, I think just the golden rule is you never bet on the Falcons just because they could blow any game. I mean, look back at the Super Bowl a couple years ago. It all started then. <laughs> so um, <laughs> as much as I want to bet on the Falcons, I don't think I can do it two weeks in a row. Yeah, and I mean, Dario, the one thing is – I guess the one thing is that they are at home, if that means anything. I mean, it's the Falcons – doesn't matter if they're home or away, and you know they're known for giving up fourth quarter leads. But I, I think they'll hold on to a lead in this game if they do get one. Um, despite how shaky their defense looks 
at some point. Um, I'm I'm gonna go Falcons twenty four seventeen. I'm thinking uh, this is gonna be one of those like really weird scoring games where there's like a weird safety and then like a missed <laughs> extra point and stuff like that. I'm gonna go Falcons sixteen to fifteen. Wow, I like it. I, if I had to guess, I'm going with somewhere. I also like the kind of weird scoring. So we're gonna go with something like eighteen to twelve. I think. <laughs> wow, but I know some scoregamis. I think. Yeah, I think this is an under game though. The over under is at forty six, which like neither offense has been very good. Like save Kyle Pitts, he's been like the one bright spot for either of the teams. Um, I guess Cordero Patterson too, but I, I just don't see either team putting up a whole lot of points. Yep. And in Dario, it's weird you brought up sixteen to fifteen. You're, do you know which other really famous game ended sixteen to fifteen? <laughs> Not off the top of my head. The double doink. <laughs> oh, you're right. <laughs> oh, I mean, we could honestly see one of these teams lose because of something as lit, uh, something as weird as that. Um, knowing how they how their seasons have gone so far, but that's the that's one of the early games, and then we move on to a team. That's doing much better than them. The Buffalo Bills at home at uh, Orchard Park against the Dolphins. And the Dolphins being the Dolphins, you know, six-game losing streak, uh, quarterback issues. Um, Haven't really seen a lot of Devontae Parker recently. Obviously, he's been injured. Um, The run game is is definitely reeling at the moment. Tua threw four touchdowns against the Falcons. So a little bit of a, a bright spot there and good to have him back for the offense. But I really can't see how they're going to do anything against this Bills team and the Bills team that's, you know, recently lost to Tennessee. So they'll probably be even more fired up to sort of win this game. And, and they should really put away the the Dolphins. Uh, I, I like Josh Allen, the way he's been spreading the load among his wideouts. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders has a pretty big say. Um, I, I, Stefan Diggs has not even been catching as much of the limelight as you expect him to have. You know we, that connection last year, how good that was. Um, but yeah, I think I think the Bills, their offense is just too high powered, and and they're at home. They should they should take care of business. Yeah, I gotta agree with you there, Bean. Uh, I, I'm I was very surprised to see that the Bills are only thirteen and a half point favorites at home. Uh, they already beat the Dolphins 35 to nothing in Miami. Granted, like Tua, I mean, I, like you said, there's a controversy for the Dolphins at quarterback, but Tua has been the better offensive quarterback uh, than Brissett this year. Uh, I feel like the Dolphins have been scoring more with him at the helm, but I just don't see the Dolphins keeping up, especially with the Bills coming off of a bye week. So uh, I'm with you. Yeah, I, I'm with both of you guys as well. Uh, currently, the weather predictions got 55 degrees and rainy for the game. I don't think that helps Miami's case at all. Um, Buffalo coming out of a bye, going to be rolling a little bit. Um, it's a big game for them, you know, tr- avoiding going four and three. Um, five and two is much nicer than four and three. Um, they got to keep pace with some of the other teams. Um, I don't think they're going to struggle to get out of their um, – division but I, I think in order to you know get home field advantage they got to keep going up so um, we'll see I got bills in this game by 21 wow I, I I can see that happening 
Um, especially the the Bills defense, you know, they shut out Houston uh, not that long ago, and Josh Allen's thrown just three interceptions so far this season with a passer rating of 103.6. And I, I bet I'm I'm betting on him to sort of keep that going. And, and you know, I honestly Bills 42 to 15 or something like that, big win. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you guys. I'm looking. Granted, the the Bills in the most recent game lost to the Titans by three, uh, but their four previous wins before that uh, were 18, 40, 22, and 35-point victories, and I, I think that trend is going to continue. Uh, I will say the over-under is at 50 for this game, and uh, I think the Bills are going to score a lot, but I don't know that the Dolphins will. So I could see this being like a an under game where the Bills put up like 38 and the Dolphins put up like seven. So I'm going to go 38-7 Bills. Interesting prediction. And, and you know, if if Tua can sort of put his performance that he did last week in four touchdowns, which, you know, in most worlds you can't see that happening. So I I do agree with your, with your prediction there and probably the under is going to hit. Um, moving on to Chicago and their home game against San Francisco. And this is one of those games where I'm like, what do I, what, what, which way do I go here? Because the Bears, their offense is terrible. Justin Fields seemed like he was turning a corner and, and, you know, he had a couple of decent performances, especially against the Lions. And then, you know, in the most recent game, obviously it's the Bucks. You can't read into it too much. He was absolutely, he, he was, he was not at it through three interceptions. Uh, but it obviously the buck doesn't stop with him. There's no people around him to support him. And, you know, Matt Nagy's offensive play calling has been terrible this season. Um, against a 49ers team, they, you know, themselves have offensive problems. They lost to the Colts, albeit in very, very, you know, Buffalo-esque weather uh, down in the Bay Area. But Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I'm still not convinced by his numbers you know he's been he's been in the league for a bit now and yes he took he took the 49ers to the super bowl but was it all him no um and it looks like debo samuel is carrying this offense single handedly i mean he had 100 yards and a touchdown um against the colts so it's going to be two struggling offenses i can't see a lot of points being scored in this game but i do see the 49ers they they could come away with an away victory here did you get to watch any of that Bears Bucks game last week? Yep. Unfortunately. Was... <laughs> to me, I'm not sure how much of it was Justin Fields versus how much of it was the Bears line versus how much of it was just the Bucks are so much better than almost every other team in the league right now. Um, I'm looking at the, the line right now at San Francisco minus four. I'm not really sure why it's that high to be honest i think these are two pretty evenly matched teams going in um and i think the question becomes if you know the bears defense can show up like it did the first few weeks of the season or if they're just going to get ran through like they did last week um you know granted going up against tom brady is much different than jimmy g um so i I think it'll be really curious i like the bears to come out with a tight win in this one Uh, i think justin fields takes another small step forward um, last week was a small step back, so I think he, he gets back to uh, kind of where he was a couple weeks ago. Yeah, this is an interesting game. And, again, this is one of those games that I was really going back and forth on who I think is going to win because 
as you guys said, both offenses have been struggling so much. I, I really – I don't know how much winning the 49ers can do without George Kittle. Uh, George Kittle obviously hasn't really – I don't think he's played at all yet this year, right? Or did he get hurt like week one or two? He played um, two games. He's also yeah, that's right. <laughs> the two games they won. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if the 49ers can win without him, to be honest. And uh, Jimmy G, I think he, he's a good quarterback. But, I mean, maybe not. Maybe not. But I just don't see the 49ers playing very well against a Bears defense, which I think the numbers show are, are – not like their defense isn't good, but I, I think their defense is better than what the numbers show. They've just had a couple of very rough games get out of hand like last week. Um, Brad, I'm with you. I, I like the Bears to pull away with this game at home, home crowd, Halloween. It's going to be a rough and tough game. The, the over-under is at 39 and a half. I think this my, – my prediction for this game – is going to be 17 to 13 Bears. Yeah, I can't believe it, but I think I would take the under in this game. Still, it's insane. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you guys on the scoreline in front of it. I think it's definitely going to be a close game. The, the, the question is, will the Bears running game show up? And how much protection can they give Justin Fields and, and what the play calling is like? So I, I do fancy the Bears at home. Um and and you know, I think I think it's gonna be a very close game. So I I would say seventeen fourteen as well, um, for for this game. Um, it's it's again two really reeling offenses against each other, and you know I think the Bears are gonna edge it. Well, moving on to Cleveland, at home against the Steelers, a huge AFC North matchup, and the the Steelers are on a bit of a good run recently. Uh, against the Browns, who, who I don't know how pulled off a win against the Broncos. It was definitely that running game that bailed them out in a lot of instances. Um, it's it's going to be a very interesting game. I think this game is sort of for – it's an AFC North matchup. The the team that sh- sort of shows up on the day, like, takes the laurels. And, and these two teams have had some very fiery clashes in, in recent times. Obviously, there's going to be a couple of names missing for Cleveland. But I've been impressed with, uh, as I said last time, Najee Harris uh, and the way he's being used. And now, obviously, with Juju uh, out for a while, probably the, the season, I'm guessing. Um, I, you know, I liked how they played against the Seahawks and, and pulled off that win. Um, so I do, I do feel like I, I fancy the Steelers in this one, unless the Cleveland run game shows up. Uh, and then it's going to be a, and then it's going to probably be a case of which offense sort of outdoes each other, but I, I do fancy Pittsburgh in this game. You know, this is my team, uh, and I, I couldn't disagree with you more, honestly. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna read out to you a couple of key key stats which I think are gonna make the difference in this game. So the Steelers, and granted I know it's gotten a little bit better the past couple weeks. And I know the Steelers are coming off of a bye, but Cleveland also played last Thursday, so they've had a ten. They've had ten days off, or they will have had ten days off. The Steelers are averaging eighty-one yards rushing per game. The Browns are only giving up eighty yards rushing a game. 
that means the Steelers are very unlikely to build any sort of running game against this Browns defense. And it's not vintage Big Ben anymore. He, he can't put the game on his shoulders and win it by himself. Uh, I, I don't see the Steelers putting up more than, I don't know, maybe 13 points, to be honest. And I, I think the Browns running game is going to come through. Uh, the Seahawks, and granted, I, I'm sure Mike Common will have made a bi-week adjustment, but the Seahawks in the second half ran all over the Steelers' defense, which is very uncharacteristic of how good they've been. Um, but still, the Browns' rushing offense is so good. Uh, I, I, I really don't see the Steelers standing a whole lot of a chance in this game. It's just the Browns match up very well against the Steelers, I think. Yeah, I look at this game, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns end up with 40 to 42 minutes time of possession. Uh, they could have, you know, multiple 10-minute long drives in this game. I think it's pretty low scoring because of it. I could see something definitely in the 21-14 Browns area. Um, wouldn't surprise me at all, though, either, if Pittsburgh ended up winning this game 21-14. I think it's tight. It's a toss-up. Um, but if I had to say I'd go with a Browns victory, I would think. Wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with the certain things you said, Dario, especially the fact that the Browns' rush defense is very, it's very good. But they're missing a lot of key pieces on offense. Um, and I, I, I think Pittsburgh's gonna gonna win this not by much. I think seventeen fourteen Pittsburgh. Now, Bean, I will say this is one of those games that the Steelers probably should not win, but like are somehow gonna pull out of their ass and and make <laughs> a game of it. Um, that's why if I was betting on this game, which I'm not because I never bet on the Steelers or well, sometimes I'll bet against them. Um, if I was betting on this game, I don't like the Browns being three and a half point favorites. I would probably buy the extra half point and take the Browns minus three. Um, but if I'm completely honest, I would not be surprised to see the Browns win by two touchdowns. I think my final score prediction is going to be like, oh, I don't know. I <laughs> I really hate to be the negative Steelers fan here, <laughs> but I could I could see it being like 31-13 or something. All right, bold prediction for for the Browns there, but it's it's definitely going to be a feisty game, an AFC North matchup from Cleveland, uh, one Eastern on Sunday, and then moving on to Detroit, uh, not far from Cleveland, and Detroit is at home against Philadelphia, and nothing's gone the way of Detroit this season, uh, must be said. Obviously, I didn't expect anything from them at the Rams. You know, I was impressed with DeAndre Swift's running game. And, you know, he bought me a lot of fantasy points. But Detroit is sort of up against the wall in, in every sense. They're trying trick plays, trying, you know, fake punts at fourth down. And the weird thing was they pulled off a lot of those onside kicks, uh, all that in that game. And they still lost. So there, there are a lot of things that are not working for them. But it's nice to see the fact that they're on the field trying to, trying to be, trying to get a win. Um, and they're... Their, their offense has to show up against Philadelphia at home this week because prior to that, they put up just 11 points against the Bengals. Um, and it's and it's at some point, Jared Goff has got to take the game on his shoulders and, and show why he was brought to Detroit, you know, albeit in, 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 mostly for Matthew Stafford going to 
the Rams, but I look at Philadelphia and I see sort of similar, you know, a a downward trend in them as well. They're two and five now. Um, You know, Jalen Hurts has has played pretty well. Uh, He threw for two touchdowns, 236 yards against the Raiders. Um, but but that defense just just couldn't keep up with the Raiders' offense and the and I haven't seen much of you know we talked about this last time Dario we haven't seen much of Miles Sanders Boston Scott the running game Boston Scott did get into the end zone but there hasn't been enough of that even the the sort of connections with Devonte Smith and with, there's not enough of that from from Philadelphia I think this could be this could be the game where they also they they might show up as well and and condemn Detroit to another defeat so it, it there's a lot of there's a lot there's a lot of things on the line for either team right now I'm gonna go ahead and give out an award right now and uh I'm kind of joking kind of not uh, I'm gonna give uh the Detroit Lions the uh part of the way through the season participation trophy award I I, t- <laughs> I tell you what it's <laughs> they they have showed up for every single game. And granted, like they got blown out by the Bengals a couple weeks ago, but they have showed fight in every game that they've played. And Dan Campbell is not letting that team go down. Uh, like you said, <laughs> they have pulled out all the stops. Uh, I made the bold prediction last week that the Lions are going to go one in sixteen this year. Yep. I think this might be their one win. Uh, the, the Eagles have been a dumpster fire of a team the past few weeks. Uh, they they had quite a few losses at the beginning of the year. I kind of chalked it up to them facing good teams. Um, they beat the Panthers by three back when I still thought the Panthers were good. Uh, they did only lose the Buccaneers by six, but then they come out and get – I mean – they only lost, they lost by eleven, but it was a it was a, a decent eleven point gap, and I just don't think the Eagles really know what they're doing. Whereas the Lions, I mean, they're losing, but they at least like, I don't know, like sometimes look like a halfway decent football team. So I think the the fight and that hard participation of the Lions finally pays off this week. They're gonna get a win midway through the season, and then I could see them losing out the rest of the way. But I think if they're going to get a win, it's going to come this week against the struggling Eagles team. I completely agree with you. And I think it's the craziest thing I've ever heard that two people on one podcast think the Lions are going to (laughs) win. But I looked through their schedule real quick at their upcoming games. If they don't win this game, I don't think they ever win a game. That is for sure. They have the Bears and the Broncos again one more time, which they might win those ga- one of those games. But this is their one shot to get a one win, to not be the first team to ever go 0-17. And uh, I think they get it done. The Eagles are pretty much a dumpster fire right now. Uh, they have almost no hope to be any decent this year. Um, Jalen Hurts only has a total of five touchdowns. No, Jalen Hurts is their leading rusher with five touchdowns right now, according to ESPN, and that's just completely absurd. Um, You can't have your quarterback being the only guy on the team who's running the ball. Um, So I'm going with the Lions. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think the Eagles need to rename themselves to the Philadelphia Hurts 
because <laughs> he he is really putting that team on his back. And uh, I'll be honest, I, I've been impressed with Jalen Hurts, but one man can't win a 22-man sport. Uh, so, um, I don't know, maybe maybe Jalen Hurts against a, a, a rough Lions team can pull something out of his butt and lead them to another win. But I just – I think this – at home, I think this is the game that the Lions pull out. Um, I, I could see this being like a 24-20, 24-17 type game. I agree with you guys. I think Detroit wins this game. Um, and I want to see them win a game. And, and as you said, this their, their fixtures after this are just insane. So I, I, I definitely think Detroit Lions 21-17 at home. And that concludes that game. And we move on to an AFC South matchup. It's the Colts at home against Tennessee. And... Tennessee Titans really impressed them in recent weeks. They've beaten the Bills, uh, albeit on a failed fourth-down con- conversion for Josh Allen. But they put up points. They went toe-to-toe with the Bills offensively and then put up a really good 27 points against Kansas City. And their defense really, really stuck up for their team and just gave away three points. Um, albeit against Patrick Mahomes' team that's not been doing really well recently. But... I mean, it's still the Chiefs. They still have the weapons, and they kept them all quiet uh, at home. So, big, big win for them, and they 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 look really good right now. They're they're five and two. The run game's working. Uh, Derrick Henry is throwing touchdown passes. Um, it's it's all happening for the for the Titans against the Colts team that really pulled out a hard fought win in San Francisco. I know uh, they won by twelve, but it wasn't as easy as it's as it as it looked. Uh, you know the weather conditions. You know, but but again, I've been really impressed with the run game of Indianapolis. And that's the one thing I'm sort of looking forward to this weekend, the the sort of clash between the run game of Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry. And, and you know, they, they put these offenses on their back. And I really want to see, it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top in this game. Division game, it's in Indianapolis, but I, I could see this being a very high-scoring game. Yeah, I think it's pretty funny this, this game is between the uh... – the top two uh, rushers in the NFL right now, Derrick Henry with 869 yards and Jonathan Taylor with 579. <laughs> I believe Jonathan Taylor, I believe is number two, right? I, I think. Yes. Okay. I thought so. Yeah. So <laughs> that I think is a, a pretty crazy uh, stat. And I, I think I saw that, Derrick Henry was like still like only minus 300 to win the NFL rushing record or not rushing record, but uh, to end as the lead rushing leader at the end of the season. And I'm like, you might have to bet a lot of money on that. Like I'm not going to just because like he might get injured or something, but I'm like, he's already got a 300 yard lead. So, um, yeah. if he does get injured a few games, he, he's got some some padding in front of him. But <laughs> yeah, I saw the Colts are are a one point favorite right now, which I'm assuming Vegas is just giving them that because they're the home team. Uh, both teams are five and two against the spread. So while the Colts haven't been winning, they've ha- they've faced a pretty tough schedule so far, and uh, they've been covering their points. So I mean, good teams win, great teams cover. But 
I just, the, the Titans are so hot right now. They've got back-to-back great wins. I thought they'd cool off last week against the Chiefs, and they just heated up even more. Uh, I think the Colts are a good team, better than the record shows, but uh, I just can't bet against the Titans, who have been super hot the past few weeks. Yeah, they're going to hand the ball to Derrick Henry at 1 o'clock, and he might not stop running until the next Sunday at 1 o'clock. Um, yep. <laughs> he might have 300 yards in this game. I don't know. I definitely am not sure why the Colts are favored by a point. I think the Titans are definitely the better team in this game. Yeah, it's a home game for the Colts, but I don't see them keeping pace with Derrick Henry. Um, you just talked about how far ahead he is from everyone else rushing. I don't see that slowing down at all this weekend. Um, I'm really curious what the prop bet is going to be for him rushing yards, but I'd be very curious about taking the over in that. Um, 15 and a half. I kind of feel confident that's going to go over that. I could see these two teams scoring, you know, 30 points a piece as well. Um, so I think it's going to be a really fun game to watch. I think it's going to be a, a good old fashioned running attack on both sides of the ball. Yeah. And interesting thing is Derrick Henry has 869 yards, as you mentioned before, um, but out of 191 attempts, Jonathan Taylor, 579 yards with just 105 attempts. So he's had roughly half the attempts that Derrick Henry has had. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's used, you know, a lot more in this game. Uh, but, you know, I think I think this is going to be, you know, the battle of the run game, obviously. But which quarterback throws better might also be another um, sort of tiebreaker between them and Carson Wentz recently has been very solid. Uh, Ryan Danhill, obviously, more slightly more established in that department, but um, I can see the Col- I I can see the Colts pulling this off, but I I do I do feel like on recent form Tennessee is going to win something like thirty one twenty eight. Yeah, the, I mean I'm looking back at the uh, their first matchup and, and the Titans won by nine in Tennessee, granted. Um, Ryan Tannehill threw two interceptions that game and they still won by nine. And as you guys both kind of stated, Derrick Henry was a feature back in that game. And I think is going to be in this game. He had 28 carries last time they faced off. Jonathan Taylor only had 10 carries uh, for 64 yards, which is a great average, but the Colts were just, um, I don't know. They didn't use him as much. He did have a 23-yard gain as one of those, so I'm sure his average the rest of the game wasn't fantastic. But I, I could definitely see this game being closer this time around, but I just don't see with how hot the Titans are um, and how they won already by nine against the Colts. I don't think that they're going to go and just lose this time. So I, I kind of agree with you. I don't know. Brad, I think I disagree with you on the over pick. Uh, I think both teams are going to be running so much that I don't think the over is going to hit because they're just going to be eating time off the clock. But I can see this being like, uh, I don't know. I guess maybe the over will hit because I was thinking 28-24 type game, which I guess would be over. So never mind. Yeah, I'm looking at about the same. I'm guessing I'm going like 35-21 final score, I, w- I would say. Um, Got to take you the think, You think the Titans are going to pull away with it then? I do. I think Derrick Henry is going to have a at least one long touchdown run. 
um, towards the end of the game. I think it'll be close. And then maybe with like five or six minutes left, um, the Titans will tack an extra one on and, and just kind of run the clock out. Gotcha. Wow. See. So we all have the, the Titans winning in Indianapolis there, that game, one Eastern from Lucas Oil Stadium. Also at one Eastern, another AFC matchup, not a divisional matchup, but it's the Jets at home against the Bengals. And again, Brad, Brad you said this earlier, who would have thought Cincinnati would be a good football team? And right now they're sitting there, number one seed in the AFC. Uh, nobody would have said that, thought of thought of those words seven weeks into the season, um, but they're playing like it. I think they're giving Joe Burrow a lot more protection this year, uh, although he has had a couple of injury scares. Uh, but but he's throwing the ball really well. He's throwing it superbly well. I was really impressed with them offensively against Baltimore. And granted, Baltimore has given up a lot of points recently, bar the Chargers game. Uh, Joe Burrow still threw for 416 yards, three touchdowns. Um, and, and this was one of those games where the running game also joined the party. You know, Mixon and Perrine both rushing for touchdowns each and 50 yards each. Uh, but Jamar Chase, 200 receiving yards in this game um, and a score. So that Bengals offense is looking really good. Um, and, and the Jets, they have no hope in hell in this game. Uh, that's how I look at it right now, especially after giving up 54 to the Patriots. Um, it's, it's, it's not looking good for them right now. No, and I think uh, – I would say that Jamar Chase would set the rookie receiving record for yards in a game, but I don't think he's going to be able to play that long because they're going to get to about midway through the second quarter and he's going to be up probably three touchdowns already. They're going to start running the football a lot. And then I think uh, Joe Burrow and the starters get a nice little break towards the end of this game. Um, I can't even fathom. I think it's kind of the Bengals are just going to pick whatever score they want and they're going to play until they hit that score. Um, so I'm going to go with something like 42 to maybe six. As the- <laughs> wow, you're being generous to the Jets. <laughs> I am, yeah. Yeah, I think this is one of those games that you responsibly bet your life savings on the Bengals. Um, <laughs> because, <laughs> like, I know the Bengals opened up as, at nine and a half point favorites. Uh, I took, I, I managed to get in a bet before the the point has already risen to ten and a half. Um, but I still think that's an, an easy, easy bet. The Jets are one and five overall and one and five against the spread. Zach Wilson, who granted has been bad, um, isn't playing this week. And so now you're playing an even less experienced quarterback. Um, yeah. I, I mean, part of me still thinking like it's going to be classic Cincinnati and they're going to find a way to blow this. But I just don't see how that is at all humanly possible. Um, I mean, okay. The, I mean, the Jets did manage a way to uh, beat the Titans a few weeks ago, so there is that. <laughs> but I, I just don't see how in the world. I mean, the Bengals, no matter what, even if their defense plays horribly, which their defense has been very surprising to me this season, uh, only allowing ninety-four rush yards a game and eighteen points a game. Mm-hmm. But even if their defense does somehow give up a bunch of points, the Bengals are still going to be putting up. The, the Jets are averaging giving up 29 points a game 
And so I don't see the Bengals putting up less than 30. Yep. I, I agree with that. And I'm going to say, I'm, I'm Brad, I'm going to follow what you said and say 42 to seven Cincinnati and the jet, the jets, you know, in terms of being a franchise, just keep going in circles while they're bringing back Joe Flacco um, from, from the Eagles. And what really, what the Jets really needed was a bye week so that Zach, you know, they'd lose Zach for one game less. It's not coming right now. In fact, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a mauling. So Cincinnati for sure. In that. Is, is Joe Flacco starting this game? I, I don't know. They started Mike White after that injury to, to Zach Wilson. And he threw for 202 yards. So, I yeah. mean, it, it should be interesting. Uh, I, I just kind of assumed like, that they'd start him, but... uh even if they start Joe Flacco, I don't think that changes anything. Yeah. So, all of us in unison on that game. Uh, and then we'll move on to Houston and the NRG Stadium, which will play host to the Texans against the Rams. And I'm guessing we're going to be in unison on this one as well. Um, well, the Rams. Professional performance from them uh, against the, the, the Lions, as we spoke about earlier. And Lions, you know... They're a different story, but the Texans right now, um, well, while the Lions are showing some sort of faith and 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 they're trying to win a game, the Texans just keep self-destructing. Um, five, five points, just five points put up against the Cardinals, albeit against a good Cardinals defense. But they just don't have an identity. I, I don't know where they're going as a franchise. Um, obviously, the front office has been a disaster. The PR has been a disaster. And, you know... There's not many days left to the trade deadline. Will Deshaun Watson leave? Who wants all that baggage? Will Houston sort of make any money out of that deal? And, and you know, they're still holding out for all these picks for Deshaun Watson. Um, but on the field, I just don't see... And, 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 I, I, and I said it a few... Uh, I said it before as well. I've said it a few times before that Houston's going to be going 1-16 this season and their one win has already come and gone. Um, so I don't see them getting anything out of this game against the Rams, and the Rams are just going to put points on the board and, and walk away with the W. Yeah, before I get into my analysis for this game, I just need to uh, pour one out for the Texans because, <laughs> man, they they are on the struggle bus, and I don't see them getting out anytime soon. Um, I mean, Tyrod Taylor had them looking good at the beginning of the year. So maybe once he comes back, if he even comes back, geez, um, maybe he can start to pull some things together. But the, the Texans are like, if you look up bad in the dictionary, you just see a picture of the Houston <laughs> Texans. Um, they've lost a combined 62 to eight the past two weeks. Um so <laughs> I think there's going to be more of the same. The Rams were 15 and a half point favorites against the Lions last week. They only uh, beat the Lions by nine. Uh, so they're favored by 14 and a half this week. And um, yeah, they didn't cover the big spread last week, but I, I don't see them not covering this week because the Texans have just been losing by so much to, Everybody and the Rams offense is so good and the Texans defense is so bad. Uh, Cooper Cup's going to catch at least two touchdown passes in this game. Um, yeah, it's, it's a rough day to be a Texans fan. 
Yeah, I don't really have a whole lot to add to that. You know, the Texans have no hope. Cooper Cup might save my fantasy team. That's about it. I'm predicting 42 to nothing. So that would be the under, surprisingly, I believe in this game. Uh, But the Texans, if they score any points, I'd be very surprised. I actually really like the under in this game because I I just don't see the Texans putting up much of anything. And uh, the Rams eventually have got to stop scoring, right? (laughs) Yeah, just run the ball with Henderson. I think it's going to be 35-3 Los Angeles. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess somewhere around there as well. I was I was thinking about forty. I, I was looking at that forty to nothing loss that the Texans had against the Bills. And I, I'm thinking that it's gonna be something similar. Rough viewing for the home crowd that is gonna be at the stadium uh, on Sunday. And that's the last of the one o'clock games we have. And moving on to the four o'clock games. Um well the Rams are away from home. It's the Chargers who are at home against the Patriots at SoFi and you know we were just talking about how the Patriots offense showed up albeit against the Jets um, but they did show up uh, Hunter Henry Kendrick Bourne Mac Jones the, the, and you know the run game was looking pretty good as well and they're sort of going into this game against the Chargers with a very good uh, performance uh, finally winning a home game um, and now they're on the road again Um in so far and the Chargers coming off a of bye week and you know we can't read in too much to their previous performance in Baltimore but we know what sort of weapons they have Eckler Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert and Williams and what what that team is capable of doing but it'll be really interesting to see how that offense comes up against this New England defense that allowed only 13 points against albeit the Jets um and and as you alluded to it earlier Mac Jones uh game management uh, but also he's he's shown that he can throw the long ball, uh, and he's playing with a little bit of a, a little bit of confidence recently. And it'll be interesting to see how that offense performs in this game. Yeah, I think this game's uh, going to be an interesting one. The the Patriots are five and a half point underdogs going into this one, and the Chargers are coming off of a bye, as you said. And I, I think they're going to be very hungry for a win. But at the same time, the Patriots have been playing teams close. Uh, it, they lost to the Saints a few weeks ago by double digits. But besides that, they lost by two to the Buccaneers. Uh, they took the Cowboys to overtime in a game that they really should have won. I know we talked about that last week. Yep. Um I, I keep really keep going back and forth with my pick in this game because I could see it going either way. I I noticed that the uh, New England defense has a couple injuries in the linebacking core. Um, I, I think Justin Herbert's going to have a big bounce back game, and I, I think the Chargers are going to win. Um, whether they cover the five or not, that's another story. Or five and a half, I don't know. But... I think I think the Chargers are going to have a big bounce back game. Yeah, I'm with you on that point, Dario. I'm looking at a close game. I think the Chargers definitely are going to play well again. I think that Ravens game was more of an outlier than anything else. Um, I I'm looking at a six point spread right now, and I don't know if they can cover that. I could see it easily being a, a three point four point game. 
Um, I am liking the over in this game, though. It's set at 49 right now, and I think both teams could easily hit that 28 to 30-point mark. Um, so I think that definitely goes over, but I'm guessing close game. So I'm going to go something around uh, 35, 32. Wow. Ooh. I, I was, I was going to say it's going to be close as well, but not that high. I was going to say I, – I still think they'll hit the over. I agree with you on that, Brad. I think 28 to 24 Chargers. Okay. I was thinking 31 to 28 Chargers. Um, Fantasy-wise, I really need Austin Eckler to break out and have a big game. But uh, So hopefully he'll put up like three of those touchdowns. <laughs> yep. Uh, he He's had big games on fantasy. Remember the game against Cleveland um, recently. But we move on to Seattle where the Seahawks play against the Jags. And this is one game, like, I was not looking forward to for some reason. Um, Seahawks offensively and Jags defensively. Um, I I don't know where – I don't know how this game's going to go. I think Seattle are at home. I think they'll pull off the win. They have – they do have the better team overall. But I just don't think Seattle has a run game. Like, we saw Alex Collins rush for 100 and – one yards or so recently and score a touchdown. But in this game, not a single one of their running backs got more than 35 yards, albeit against the Saints defense. But they were at home and they put up just 10 points. Um, Geno Smith, 12 for 22, 167 yards and a single touchdown. And out of those 167 yards, 84 of those came on one play for DK Metcalf. <laughs> so there is no offense to this 49ers, uh, sorry, the Seattle Seahawks team at the moment um, against the ja- Jacksonville team, which, you know, T-Law took over in London and, and you know, we saw we saw what he's capable of, but I I, I really don't know how, they, how they're going to react to that, especially after the bye week. Are they going to come out fresh? I, I'm assuming they will, but something's got to give here. You know, if, this, if the, the Seahawks lose to the Jaguars, like, it'll be really really bad for them especially at home i can't see that happening but if the the seahawks don't have a run game it's going to be hard for them to put up that much of offense i'm gonna read out a stat here and i think that's gonna tell you everything you need to know about how i'm betting this game (laughs) geno smith in his last seven starts seven and oh against the spread seattle is a three-point favorite I don't think I need to say anything else. <laughs> I'm riding the Geno train, baby. <laughs> yeah, for me, it, it's more about the Jags being bad. I mean, yes, the Seahawks aren't a great team, but I think they figure out Geno Smith a little bit this week, get it done. They are 0-3 at home, which I found surprising. You know, Seattle used to be the place that no one wanted to go play, and for them to be 0-3 is just kind of insane to me. Um, I think they get it to one and three at home this week. Um, what's the line at right now? Three. I think they beat that pretty handily. I could see it being a seven point game somewhere in the range of uh, 21, 14, maybe 28, 21 um, is what I'm going with. Yeah, I think I think the Seahawks are going to win. They're going to have one play to DK Metcalf again and then just get pass interference calls on throws to Tyler Lockett. <laughs> win 17 to 14 and call it a day or something like that but even if it is that close but i think 17 14 17 10 sort of in the range of that 
Yeah. Uh, Brad, to your point, they are 0-3 at home, but their three home games have been against the Titans, which they lost in overtime, uh, the Rams, and the Saints. So it, they've been some tough home games, I will say that. Um, the past two weeks with Geno Smith, both three-point losses. I think Gino finally gets his well-deserved win. And I, I actually I think that Alex Collins is going to have another big week. And I like Seattle to win by about a touchdown. I, I think they're probably going to put up like 20. And now, actually, I can see this being like a 24-20 to 20 game. I'm going to go 24-20 Seahawks. 24-20 Seahawks. Well, the 2-5 and five Seahawks against the 1-5 and five Jags. Um, that's from Seattle, and that's the last of the uh, – oh, we have a couple more afternoon games. The The next one coming from Denver. Uh, it's the Broncos against the Washington football team. And, well, this game, you know, Vic Fangio is in the hot seat. They started 3-0 and this season, and then I, things have sort of gone south a little bit. You know, Teddy Bridgewater threw for 187 yards, two touchdowns and an interception against Cleveland. But, you know, the the run game, uh, Melvin Gordon had just 18 rushing yards. Uh, Javante Williams had 20 rushing yards. So there was almost no run game. Um, and, you know, they, they both of them did have touchdowns, but they were receiving touchdowns, um, which, which means that, you know, the likes of Cortland Sutton, um, Tim Patrick, and Noah Fan. You know, they all had below 70 yards each. So, you know, the the sort of Broncos offense is still finding their feet, I believe. And the last four games have said a lot about that, uh, you know, four defeats uh, against the Washington football team who themselves are not in, in, you know, in great nick. And, you know, this is one of those games that I don't want, I don't want to even bet on because I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. In this game, I'm rooting for a tie. <laughs> it's a game that deserves a tie. Neither team is great. Um, it could be kind of a disaster all around. So, you know, why not? We got to have one tie a season, right? So this is my prediction for, uh, for when that comes. Yeah, I keep going back and forth about who I want to take to win this game. Uh, the Broncos should win it just because their defense is actually pretty good. And Taylor Heineke has looked awful this season um, after looking pretty good in the playoffs last year. Um, So, but so like I could see either team winning the Broncos should win because of their defense and the play of Teddy Bridgewater, but Washington should win because the past two weeks, um, yes, they've lost by double digits both weeks, but the game was closer than the score against both the Packers and the chiefs. Uh, the Packers, they, there were several times that they drove it down the field and then didn't end up getting points. And then against the chiefs, they held it close for three quarters and then just, I don't know, basically gave up in the fourth. So I think my prediction for this game score wise is going to be 17, 14, I don't know who's going to have each score, but I think the under 44 is a pretty safe bet in this game. I, I agree with you. I completely agree with you. And, and you brought up uh, something that I was about to mention is the fact that Washington actually had decent of offense numbers, but they didn't come away with points. Uh, Terry McLaurin had 122 yards and a touchdown. 
um, out of Taylor Heineke's 268 yards. Um, and he himself had 90, uh, Taylor Heineke had 95 yards of rushing. So even more than Antonio Gibson. So they, they're getting all these yards, but they're not getting points out of them. So I, I agree with you. I, I don't know who's going to win, but it's definitely going to be, both scores are definitely going to be in the teens. Yeah, I'm going with the tie. <laughs> <laughs> no score prediction, just a tie. <laughs> yep. that, is, that is your bold prediction of the week, isn't it? <laughs> I, I guess you could count it. Well, I wonder what the odds are for a tie in that game. Um, but anyway, moving on, we have the NFC South matchup between the New Orleans Saints at home uh, at Caesar Superdome against the Buccaneers. And well, the Saints pulled out the win at Seattle, and and you know they were they were professional about it. Thirteen points, you know, not much to speak about offensively apart from Alvin Kamara. What a game he had! Fifty-one rushing yards and hundred and twenty-eight receiving yards. The man is a cheat code, and Jameis just threw for one touchdown um, in the game. And and you know, I I've still not been impressed with Jameis. 19 out of 35 completed passes in that game against the Seahawks, 222 yards. We talked about this last week, Dario. We don't know which Jameis would show up. And this game, more than any other game in their uh, season so far, is the game that Jameis has to show up. He showed up against the Packers. He has to show up in this game. And I think it's going to be hard for him to keep up pace with 44-million-year-old Tom Brady. Um and the way he's throwing the ball. He threw for four touchdowns last week. Just the 200 yards, 211 yards for him. But, you know, the the way he throws the ball in the end zone is just with immaculate accuracy. And, you know, the, I'm sure you guys saw the video of Mike Evans giving the ball to the fan for the 600 touchdown, <laughs> which was then called back, um, if you want to call it that. But, you know, he's keeping his weapons happy, Tom Brady. So I, I definitely think it's going to be another good day for the six and one bucks. You know, I think you spoke to a good point there. Which Jameis are we going to get? And I love that you highlighted the week one matchup against the Packers because <laughs> that game was a game that the Packers should have fairly easily won and they got blown out. Yep. This is the type of game that the Buccaneers should easily win because they've been looking really good. And the Saints have been okay. But because of that, the Saints are five-point underdogs. This is just one of those games. I just, I get the feeling that Jameis Winston, like vintage, rolling out, ugly play, somehow touchdown, Jameis Winston (laughs) is going to show up. And I, I, I don't know why, because I shouldn't. But I think the Saints are going to win the game. Wow. Bold prediction right there. Also, Brad, before you go ahead, I just wanted to let you know, the um, for the football team versus the Broncos, plus 1500 for a tie. So uh, if you want to go ahead and <laughs> even throw like 10 bucks on that, walk away with $150 profit, uh, and there's your bet. <laughs> hey, got to spend money to make money. Yep, but responsibly. You know, looking at the Bucks Saints, I think Jameis Winston could throw five touchdowns, but he could also throw four interceptions, or quite possibly both. 
I think it's going to be a very entertaining game. It's definitely not going to be like the blowout the Bucks had last week. Um, I'm going with a high-scoring game. The over at 50 looks really appealing to me. Um, if I had to bet, that's the bet I would do because I'm sitting there like you. I'm like, the Bucks should win this game big, but Jameis pulls them out all the time. Um, I'm going to go Bucks in a close game. Somewhere 35-28. I could see it being a shootout a little bit. Um, Tom Brady, you know, he's going to set another record at some point. Uh, it's only a matter of time, so why not start this week? So, yeah, I'm going Bucks in a, a tight shootout. Yeah, I, I think I, I actually I'm going to go the opposite. I, I think this game is one of those games that you think would be a shootout and you think the Buccaneers would win. But I'm going to take the Saints to win 21-17. Wow. As well, also, I wanted to add that uh, the plus 1,500 odds I realized were not on a tie. It's just the result at the end of the fourth quarter. So even if it just goes to overtime, plus 1,500. So I can't find the odds on a tie, but even more than that, I would assume. Yeah, that's not bad odds. Yep, and 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 you know, for the sake of you, Brad, I wish that game goes over uh, overtime. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I might have to throw a few bucks on it just for that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, for the for the Saints Bucks game, I mean, I I don't I don't know I can't see. A, even if prime Jameis Winston throwing four touchdowns and three interceptions shows up with that Tampa Bay defense, one of two of them are definitely going to have to be a pick six. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I see the bucks winning this. It's going to probably be like the Philadelphia game where, uh, you know, they go up 28 to seven or something like that. And the saints quite back a little bit. Um, but it's still going to be something like 28, 21 bucks. It's not going to be as, one-sided as we think it is going to be, but I think the the Bucks are going to do their job and leave New Orleans with the win. And that leaves us with the last game of uh, Sunday, which is in Minneapolis. It's the Sunday night game. Minnesota at home against Dallas, and Dallas coming off a of bye week. Minnesota, um, very interesting because they've beaten the Seahawks at home. They've beaten uh, Seahawks with Russell Wilson, I should say. Um, they are well, they're three and three, and the Cowboys are coming in at five and one. And Minnesota has had these very close games, close low-scoring games at home, um, namely against Cleveland as well. Um, and I really, I really think this game could be one of those. Although for some reason, you know, I feel like the way they played last time out against the Panthers and put up thirty-four points, and you know, the the offense they're coming up against, this could be a shootout and a well-rested Dak who who suffered an injury uh, and, you know, is hoping to be back for this game. But the offense is, you know, we mentioned last week, Dario with Pollard, uh, Zeke, Cooper, uh, CD Lamb, and the two tight ends who've really showed up this season um, are making big waves in the, in the NFC. And, you know, they're going to run away with that NFC East division, no doubt about it. Uh, but, you know, this game, this game really, you know, could really go either way. And if, if offense matches offense and Dalvin Cook will have his say on this game as well. Yeah, I think this game is going to be really, th- this might be, so I know, I know you said that uh, 
the Packers Cardinals game might be the game of the week. I think this might be a close number two. Um, because it's so weird. Both of these quarterbacks are playing at such a high level right now. Uh, Prescott, like their total passing yards right now are within 50 yards of each other. Uh, Prescott has 16 touchdowns, four picks. Cousins has 13 touchdowns, two picks. But I think where this game is going to be decided is in the run game because obviously Dalvin Cook has, is a monster, but the Cowboys' rush defense has been really good this year, only allowing 86 rush yards per game. The Meanwhile, the Cowboys' running game has been pretty deadly with the, the Zeke-Pollard combo, like you said. I the over under set at fifty five right now, and I don't see how this point, how this game gets to less than sixty points. Um, neither defense is very great. I mean, like I said, the Cowboys' rush defense is good, but Kirk Cousins, I think, is going to perform. I mean, Kirk Cousins for MVP, right? That's that's what we're all rooting for this year. <laughs> um, <laughs> just kidding, but I, I think this is going to be a shootout. Uh, Dallas is only favored by a point and a half, which I was a little surprised by, especially since the Cowboys are five and one overall and six and zero oh against the spread. Uh, I definitely think the Cowboys are going to win. I think they're going to win by at least a field goal. So I think they easily cover the spread. Uh, but I think this is going to be a really fun game to watch. Lots of scoring. Um, it's definitely one I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I, I agree. The running game is going to be a really big key. It's going to be funny to see how big some of these holes opened up are. Uh, not because of great offensive line play, but more poor defensive line play. Um, I think each quarterback is going to have to step up and make one or two big throws in a critical moment. So I think that's going to help decide the game is is who can make that throw. Um, but I'm looking at a Dallas minus one and a half. It seems really easy to me. Um, I'm thinking Dallas by at least a field goal in this game. And I'm going with the over as well. Um, and I, I'm curious to see whatever uh, Zeke's rushing total is. I would take the over. I'm looking at him at a 100-yard game in this one. Um, and I think Dalvin Cook could also have a 100-yard game. So I think offensive stats could balloon very quickly. I hope so because I've got Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott on my fantasy team. <laughs> Hey, I've got CD Lamb, so <laughs> all around. All right, so you're, you're all riding the Dallas train. I'm gonna I'm gonna be on that train as well. But I agree with both of you. It's gonna be a high scoring game. It we could it could be like a 34-31 for all you know. But I just want to mention that Trayvon Diggs has had seven interceptions in seven games for the Dallas defense, and but but he's coming up against a very accurate Kirk Cousins, who's only thrown two picks. So far this season, so that matchup is going to be very interesting, um, and and yeah, it's it's obviously it's a very very intriguing game, and I agree with you, Dario. It is a close second to the Arizona Green Bay game, um, and that game is coming from Minneapolis. So, final game of the week, boys, we made it. It's Kansas City at home against the the Giants at Arrowhead Stadium, um, and you know the Chiefs recently are in dire need of some offense. And I can't believe I'm saying that. Um, you know, Travis Kelsey this season hasn't been getting the sort of targets you expect him to get. Um, Patrick Mahomes has been more inaccurate than ever. Um, it's it's interesting how 
the last couple of games has just unraveled because he's still thrown for 200 uh, sorry 2100 yards this season he's thrown for 18 touchdowns but he's thrown for nine interceptions which is the most for any top 10 uh, quarterback this season um passer rating you know 97.7 which is the lowest in the in the, in the top 5 uh in terms of yards thrown so he's definitely not at his best and you know we talked about this last week Dario he's the shovel passes the sort of exquisite plays have sort of disappeared a little bit and they're forced to play a lot more conventional football in many ways but again you know the the run game you know Darrell Williams 20 yards against Tennessee uh and and you know, Chad Henney had to come in later on uh after after you know the the hit to Mahomes and you know the concussion protocol and everything um but it's it's just not the chiefs anymore and the giants well they pull off a very very solid win against the panthers um and and you know they'll be coming into this game with confidence the fact that they can put points up on the board and you know against this chiefs offense that's struggling a little bit i mean they they might have a chance honestly and arrowhead is not the place that it was last season or the season before that they could they could go there and cause some trouble i don't know if they're going to win but it it it's definitely not as a foregone conclusion as it would have been in recent times yeah i don't know i think this is the week that the chiefs finally turn it around um if the chiefs go 3 and 5 there's going to be a disaster in kansas city um they have to pull it to 4 and 4 got to be at least 500 um i'm still riding on my wave that they're going to miss out on the playoffs but you got to beat the giants that's just <laughs> a fact like if you don't beat the giants you don't really deserve to be a football team um I think Patrick Mahomes throws three touchdowns, no interceptions, 300 yards, back to his old ways. Um Tyreek Hill's probably going to have a couple big catches. Kelsey will get back in on the mix. Um I like the over in this game because I don't think Kansas City's defense is going to keep the Giants from scoring touchdowns, at least a couple mm-hmm. of them. So, I'm going to go with something like 21 to 31 right in that range. Um so we're just going to squeak the over but I definitely like it to hit. Yeah, I going into this game I was really tempted to not take the Giants to win but take them to cover the nine and a half point spread just because of how bad the Chiefs have looked. But then I remembered how injured the Giants still are. Um and i looked ahead at the chiefs schedule they play the giants this week they play the packers next week they play the raiders the following week and then they play the cowboys before having a bye that could be easily two or three losses for the chiefs in those three games so i think a nice easy prime time game at home against the giants is exactly what the chiefs need to try to get back on track um i i think the the chiefs will win and cover especially because the chiefs last two games that they've played against bad teams has been an 18 point win at washington and a 12 point win at philly Uh, I think they're going to continue their NFC East dominance 
and win this game by double digits. Um, obviously, I don't think they're going to beat the Cowboys by double digits, but I think they will uh, continue for now in their double-digit victories against the NFC East. Um, so I think it'll give a little bit of hope to Kansas City, but Brad, I'm starting to ride with you. The uh, Holmes has showed that he can't do it all by himself, and the Chiefs' defense has not been doing him any favors this season. So, And they really yeah. haven't had a lot of a run game either. So uh, we'll see, but I, I think this will be a – a Chiefs game that kind of builds just enough hope for them before it gets crushed over the next three games. Yeah, Dario, I agree with you. I think, well, one, one other stat that I want to like mention is the fact that, well, in the AFC, the Dolphins have led in the most points at 207. Tied in second place are the Texans and the Chiefs at 203. That's how bad their defense is. Um, and, you know, they're one and two at home. So I, I still think that this is the week, as you said, they probably come back and, and rescue some hope before it gets shot again a little bit. But, um, yeah, I do think that the Chiefs are going to win. Not by much. It's not going to be a statement win. It's going to be a win that says, oh, cool, you guys can win a game again. So I think it's going to be 28-21 Chiefs. Yeah, I like it. Um, definitely Chiefs by a couple touchdowns. But Yeah, I'm thinking this will be one of those games that the Chiefs win pretty comfortably. I'm thinking like 35-10 to 10 or something like that. Well, no, sorry. The Giants will put up 17, 35-17. <laughs> um, but then, I, again, like I said, I just think they're going to get shot down in the following weeks. Yep. So again, uh, that's that's the wrap for all the games this week. Um, and and before we move on to our bets and predictions for this weekend, I just want to have a quick word from you guys on the the Raiders and Baltimore. I'll start with the Raiders. They're on bye this week, uh, as are the Ravens. Uh, the Raiders going into bye with a really, as you said, comfortable eleven point win against the the Eagles. Um, and they're looking pretty strong in the AFC West. And I said earlier that the Chargers are going to win that division. I still think they will. Uh, but, you know, the Raiders look very strong with with or without John Gruden. And, and, you know, it's interesting that Baltimore is going into this with a defeat and such a huge defeat. Yeah, I think Baltimore, their bye week came at the perfect time. They had a big loss. Now they're it's similar to the Chargers, how they beat the Chargers a couple weeks ago. Uh, they had a big loss. They're going to regroup, and then they're going to get right back on track. I'm not really thinking much of the Ravens' loss. They're still going to make the playoffs. I still think the Ravens are going to win the AFC North. I I don't. I guess I just don't have enough faith in a Cincinnati team yet, but um, I think the Ravens are going to end up winning the AFC North. The Raiders, I really don't know what to think of. Um, if, if John Gruden was still there, I'd say they're not even going to make the playoffs, but now that now that he's gone, they've they've looked like a, a whole new team. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know that they'd make a run in the playoffs, but um, who knows? Who knows? Maybe maybe they'll at least make it. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I'm not really sure what to make of the Raiders yet. I think I need another week or two of of film to watch or what or whatnot. But 
the team I feel really bad for is the Vikings because they have the Ravens next week. And I think that could be a massacre after what just happened to the Ravens and them having two full weeks to think about it and prepare. Um, so I think the Ravens are just going to come back stronger. I don't I'm know sure if the what... Vikings. I'm I'm seeing the Giants here. Uh, November seventh, they have the Vikings. Not sure what you're looking at, but I, I'm seeing That's... November seventh against the Giants, which I think will be a nice victory. That's weird for the Raiders. Very strange. I don't know why we have two different schedules, but <laughs> either yeah, way, see. I feel bad. Week nine, week nine. Yeah. yeah, Vegas at New York, and the Vikings play Baltimore. That's who you're thinking of. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, either way, I feel bad for the for the Vikings. Yeah, I feel bad for the Vikings. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, it's going to be a, a long, a long couple of weeks for both of those teams. But um, I think they definitely both have a good opportunity to regroup. You know, the Raiders are still definitely dealing with the John Gruden leaving situation. Um, the Ravens with their loss. Um, but the Ravens schedule going forward, um, they definitely have a lot of winnable games. They've got a few challenging games with the Packers and Rams um, towards the end of the season. But the division is still wide open. The, the Ravens play the Browns twice still and, and the Steelers twice still. Um, so the only team they've played so far is the Bengals, which they have one more time. Um, so anything can happen. I think it uh, be It'll be a great end to the season uh, for the Ravens with uh, all the divisional games. Absolutely. And that wraps up our week eight matchups. And guys, we'll move on to the bets and the things you're looking forward to to start with this weekend. So I guess uh, I'll start with with, uh, my betting lock of the week. Can we start with our betting locks? So I, I kind of alluded to it earlier. Um, in my notes here, I have it at nine and a half. I believe it's moved to ten and a half since I took my notes. But the Bengals, I, and I will point out, since we've started this podcast, my locks of the week are two and zero. Oh. Uh, I had the the uh, Patriots minus seven against the Jets last week. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to continue the abuse of the Jets and say Bengals minus nine and a half. 10 and a half, honestly, 11 and a half. It doesn't matter. They are going to dominate the Jets this week. Yeah, that that was going to be my lock of the week, but I guess I'll have to change it up. I'm going to go with the Cowboys minus one and a half. Uh, so far, the Cowboys are the only team who's covered 100% of their games. So I'm looking forward to that continuing. And uh, even one and a half seems a little easy. I might actually move that up to two and a half, uh, get a little bit better odds. But yeah, Cowboys over the Vikings. Yeah, I was, I was. That, that, that was the game I was looking forward to, and and I definitely think the Cowboys are are not gonna win, are gonna win, but not not by much. So that that seems like a pretty good bet there. But also, I was looking at the uh, the game between Buffalo and Miami, and you know, I was just thinking about the what was it minus thirteen for the Bills, thirteen and, and a half, thirteen and a half. I think they're gonna easily 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 cover that so honestly i might have to parlay our bets of the week because i think all three are pretty easily gonna hit (laughs) (laughs) it's the betting locks all of them um but as far as bold bets go 
here's a very interesting one I found on DraftKings, and it says Jamar Chase to have 150 yards and a rushing touchdown. Uh, sorry, and a receiving touchdown at plus 600, and hammer that because he had 200 yards and a touchdown in against the Ravens. I don't know what he's gonna have against the Jets. So if the Bengals start firing on all cylinders from from the get go, that bet could easily hit. I, yeah, I actually I don't that. hate that. I mean, I will say I don't know how much the Bengals will have to play offense in the second half because I think they'll be up by so much. Um, but if the Jets can even make slight uh, a slight game out of it, in, at least in the first half, I, I could see that hitting. So I, I don't mm-hmm. hate that for plus 600. Uh, I think my, my long shot bet of the week is, again – it, mine hit last week, but it was right at our guideline of saying it has to be at least plus 200. Um, this week, I'm also pretty close to that plus 200 mark. Uh, I've seen this money line between plus 220 and plus 235, depending on which sports book you look at. But Packers money line, that's my my long shot bet of the week. I think Aaron Rodgers pulls it out in prime time and hands the Cardinals their first loss. Wow. Yeah, I don't hate that one either. Um, outside of my tie prediction, I think <laughs> one that I'm looking at is a Justin Fields anytime touchdown score. I'm not sure exactly what the line for that's going to be yet. They haven't come out with it yet. But I could definitely see a, a, a long scramble, maybe you know a 15-yard touchdown run um, on the 49ers defense. Um, I'm guessing it's probably going to be somewhere between three and 500 odds. Um, so I'm really looking forward to see if that comes out and where it's going to be. But that's my lock of the week or long shot of the week, not lock of the week. <laughs> it's, getting, uh, it's getting late here on the East Coast. <laughs> yeah, sucks to be you. But I I would say, like, so far this season has thrown all kinds of surprises. And, you know, Dario, last week we talked about no blowouts. Uh, well, we did talk about a couple of blowouts this week. And, and you know how – some winning streaks may continue. Some may be started. The you know the Cardinals' winning streak may come to an end. Um, so it's going to be an interesting week all around for sure. Thank you guys for being on, and thank you everyone for listening. Um, and again, we're the Dgens, and we look forward to a good week eight. Thank you, everyone.